everybody. This is William Del Pilar with my co-host Eddie Aparicio, and this is Points on the Board, episode 56 for those who like the technicality. All righty, Eddie, how you doing, brother? All good, man. I just had one of those weekends, though, man. As you know, I told you earlier, I was going to be slammed, and you know, I was hoping I'd have enough time to do all the research that's needed for these podcasts. But man, I was slammed. I had uh, two golf tournaments. And then I also went to the Stanford Cardinal UCLA game on Saturday night. And, you know, that was a butt kicking big time by UCLA over Stanford. I went with my brother-in-law, who's a UCLA alum, and I uh, went with like five of his cohorts who are all UCLA Bruin uh, alum as well, fraternity brothers. So it was quite the quite the event. And then Saturday morning, I had to go do the, the same thing all over again, play in the rain. Actually, I played golf in the rain freezing as soon as i was done i came back i had to warm myself up under the covers watching tv fell asleep because i was just i was thrashed i was so wet man and uh, you know of course you can't hit the ball when it's wet my gloves are com- completely soaked so i normally hit the ball like 320 yards honestly um and i was hitting probably like 215 220 at my best that's how bad it was so that's the reason i was slammed man how about you how was your weekend man well, well first of all eddie you just, 90% of our audience is going, slam? Is he talking about being slammed? I thought he was going to talk about work. That's nothing but fun he had all weekend. That's all fun weekend. slam, though. That's fun slam. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it's, it's it's a lot of time, right? It's a lot of time. I, I barely saw my, my family this weekend because of it. Well, so. you know, my weekend w- went well. It was it was slammed also because we had a new podcast. It's a political podcast. Okay. And, uh, uh, it, 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 no, I was going to say nightmare. It was not a nightmare. It okay. Got, it, 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 I lost a little bit of control uh, with two strong egos. Uh, <laughs> it, it was three of us, and then they right. started getting into the weeds. And it's my job to make sure we don't get into the weeds. Oh, and right. I, all of a sudden, you know, I, I'm trying to find the spot so I can politely interrupt and try to get us back on track. And there's no spot. Then finally, one of the the panelists jumps in and goes, "We're getting into the weeds here a little." <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good podcast. It's a podcast. Two good people. They're what you would call grassroots activists. So they have right. very strong opinions, and that's kind of what I want. And it's called Fired Up California. And with that, let me get into my spiel here that I got to get into. Uh, first of all, this is points on the board. Uh, you can watch our podcast on sportsgrumblings.com, which will hopefully this week become grumblingsmedia.com. But you can also watch it on YouTube and Rumble, and we are under the handle Grumblings Media there. And you can also listen to the podcast in your traditional podcast venues, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Pandora. And you'll find this podcast here. You'll find uh, uh, on sportsgrumblings.com, you'll find some of Eddie's clips, some of the points on the board clips. We, we parsed out some of his basketball clips here for you uh, basketball aficionados who don't care for football. So it's a lot of good stuff. And we're still moving forward, my friends. We are still moving forward with podcasts. We're, we're going to we have our football podcast this week, and we're going to have an NBA preview. So be on the lookout for that, where Eddie is the man. Uh, for some reason, I just thought of Chico and the man by saying Eddie the man. Eddie the man. <laughs> but you have a daughter. You have a daughter. That's I do, daughter. man. I do. I know. She, she'll have no idea what Chico and the man is. I, I, I bet half the audience would have no idea what Chico and the man is. So look it up on uh, look it up on Google. What Chico and the man is, man. It's an old school show. So Chico and the man is, is arguably, I say arguably because there could have been a show before, but one of the first modern era in color in the 1970s to feat to prominently feature a latino yep. uh in in the leading role and yep. chico uh, uh freddie prince is freddie uh, prince. the father of freddie prince freddie jr prince jr yep now freddie prince freddie prince you, you, he, when he talks, you, you can recognize he's a Latino. You know, he's uh, <laughs> very light skinned. Remember, yep. it's like I tell people if you look at Hollywood, the minorities, they all have white features. You know, uh, you know, even going black Americans, going back to that, Harry Belafonte, Lena Horn, uh, you see the high cheekbones, the straight nose. You don't have my mother or our eye on TV with our shortness or flat nose. In 10 years, this hair is going to look like a, uh, whoa, a steel wool pad. If you look at my mother, you know, so that's <laughs> it. it was a funny show. And, uh, Freddie Prince, uh, passed away. He shot himself. He was having oh. some issues and, uh, uh, Freddie Prince, Junior actually uh, never really got to know his father, just heard of him. Uh, he was really tight yeah. with another name from the past, Tony Orlando and Don. Oh, yeah. That's right. 
and they were best oh, friends. Anyway, we're, we're getting off topic from, from the perspective old, of man. our audience. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to talk power rankings. We're going to talk uh, poor refereeing. We're going to talk rush first quarterbacks. And Eddie's going to give us our fantasy football waiver wire picks. So let's not waste any time. Let's get into it, first of all, with the poor refereeing. Eddie, I don't know if you're aware, but the last two weeks, we've had nothing but terrible refereeing. And it, it cost, it's, it helped the Steelers win against the Rams. Now, that was partially on Sean McVay. But in that Browns-Colts game, uh, pretty much the referees gift-wrapped it for the Browns uh, win there. And then we saw some seriously controversial calls in the Eagles-Dolphins game. And I didn't see the penalties, but I guess there were issues in the Patriots-Bills game too. And it turns out the lead referee for the Dolphins-Eagles uh, the Dolphins, uh, uh, Eagles game, that crew had been suspended once for ethics or whatever that means in refereeing uh, in an ACC game. So, so this is nothing new to the NFL. But that, but let's take it. So, did you see any of the games in the sense of the Colts versus the Browns? The key highlights. There was a couple of calls at the end of the game. Uh, you know, there was, yeah, I, you know, uh, uh, Guillermo. Uh, you know, I did see some of the highlights. Unfortunately, because of my slammed weekend that I mentioned earlier, I didn't get really chance to see all of it. But um, I do know that every game has its questionable calls, and these referees, man, they have they have a hard job. I, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, uh, nail them to the to, to the wall too much uh, on every game. You know, but, but you know, in, by by in part, they they do a pretty good job in general. But yeah, there are some some calls that you know, especially game changing calls that could steer a game either way, right? And you know, every every game has its bad calls so um but as far as the ones that you're talking about i didn't necessarily see those ones so maybe you can uh, paint the pictures what would happen if you, if you if you saw it well first of all i have no love for the refs screw those old bastards and here's why <laughs> the first thing i noticed as a kid in the 1970s was seeing a ref like who looked like he was in his 50s not able to keep up with the receivers as a child i'm like yeah. if he can't keep up with the so that's why they have so many refs to try to cover every angle but these refs need to be in shape just like a, a military pilot, they must have, in my eyes, 20-20 vision. You know, you've got to minimize all these factors. And if there's a ref from the state of one of these teams, don't let him on there. The ref who's making all these terrible calls, who has his crew has been suspended once already, he's from Pennsylvania, like 60 miles from Philadelphia. Oh, you know? right. And, yeah, so I don't care people who tell me, well, no, he can sit there and, 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 and be objective. No, he can't. Or... Why put him in that position? Simple question. I mean, that, you, the military is great for one thing. I mean, the military is just going terrible now. It, it, our job is to kill. Period. That's our job. Kill right. the enemy. No ifs, ands, or buts. So we have these these beliefs, these bylaws, for lack of a better way, of how certain things are done. And you never deviate from them. Why? If we do, America could perish. You know, yeah. the Russians found if we had gone to war with the Russians in the 1970s, navally, they would have destroyed us because they had all our strategy. Uh, a spy had been feeding them. John Walker had been feeding them for years and years. So they made plans on how to avoid that. So that's how they need to look at this refereeing. And they need to sit there and start suspending these guys. I mean, some of these calls are blatant. No, know? I hear you. I hear you, Guillermo. So let me let me tell you one thing that I think would rectify some of this. And it's, it's unfortunate that we haven't got to this point yet. But, you know, we're getting there, I think, with replay. I think there should be opportunities for teams to go ahead and 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 uh, throw a flag, a challenge flag on a call. I, I think there should be some parameter for that. I mean, right now there isn't. You know, it's only based on calls on on the field about a certain play, but not necessarily on penalties. And I think you know that would I think that would help rectify some of this. Is, is if we can go, you know, the coaches can go ahead and throw a flag, whatever the parameters are, it could be one per game, you know, one per half, whatever it is. And it's essentially, you know, a way to to to, to have checks and balances on some of these calls. Because yeah, I mean, some of these blatant calls would essentially be overturned if we were allowed to do that. You know, if they were allowed exactly. to do this, so I think that's the way to do it, honestly. Well, I, I think they're getting to that. I think their fear is undermining the referees. But I'm like, right. I don't care about the referees. Who cares, I care right? about getting the play call right. Yeah. And, and, I mean, but that said. The Steelers-Rams game, the reason they couldn't overturn with a bladed bad spot. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan, and it was one of these rare calls where you actually saw the player on the outside. 
meaning you can see where the ball was specifically right. versus the big pile in the middle, you know, and he was clearly short. And Sean McVay had used up all his timeouts. So he caught yeah. his team. So, so in that sense, okay, I'll let that slide. But to your point, there should be an upstairs crew that's part of the officiating crew. Hey, boss, if you look at the film, we need to look at this. This one should be reversed. It's about getting yes. the call right, you know. Yes. So, so as far as the Dolphins and Eagles, you know, uh, 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 they it they stymied the Dolphins. Look, the Eagles were the better team last night, for sure. But it did not help that drives were stalled because of the referees. That the referees called back. It's like, for example, they tried to say, "Well, the the Dolphins got the tip ball interception right after that bad pass interference call and got a TD." That's that has no that's in that is an irrelevant fact. Right. The fact is, they screwed up the call because they could have punched it in, and who knows? They kick off. Maybe the Eagles fumble. That's what I'm gonna say. The Eagles would have fumbled the next play. If you want to tell me this, this, or this based off conjecture, that's my conjecture. Of course, I'm being silly, but the point is, you can never just get the play right. Then the uh, uh, and then the the Colts and the Browns was a killer because the Colts were playing with Gardner Minshew, you know, right. 1970s porn extra. In my he was moving the ball against that yeah. Browns. He was moving the ball. Exactly, and and at the end of the game, it, it's as if the and, and, and as if the ref says, "Oh man, my Fanduel pick ain't gonna come through." Oh hell, we got DraftKings too. Pass interference, uh, Eddie. We are getting to that point. That's one of my biggest fears in today's games. Look at that oh, yeah. in your in your favorite sport. It happened in, in the NBA. Tim who? Tim who? Tim Donnie. Tim who? Yeah. That's right. And there's Absolutely. a Netflix special on it. So, and how he did it to show the, 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 the underworld, whoever he was being paid off, how he could do it. He's like, I'm going to disrupt this game. And sure enough, he calls sure. Allen Iverson on palming. And that's, and that's the other thing about these rules. I'm like, why have a rule if you're not going to enforce it? It's like, I get LeBron is, is elite, but how many points would he have if he wasn't allowed to take three steps versus two and the rest always let him? And each uh, superstar is get away with that. And what people don't realize is that also opens the door to, uh, 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 uh bad refs. You know, yeah. like he said with the palming, that was to, technically the NBA couldn't go to him and go, why are you calling that? It's palming. It's illegal. Don't make it a rule. Yeah. It. You know? and, that, no, I and that's the other it, issue. I have it's there. Him. I mean, the bottom line, these guys control the, the tempo of the game. So there's definitely, I would say, some bad apples out there that, like a Tim Donahue, and I'm sure there's more of them in the NBA, um, you know, but, you know, that, that, that documentary essentially called them out a little bit. So I think they're not necessarily as blatant now, but I'm sure it's still going on. The NFL, ha you know, there's, there's no recourse right now for the NFL refs for doing anything. And I'm sure that there are guys out there that do something like what Tim Donahue did. It's just they haven't exactly. been, uh, they haven't been checked yet. Exactly. And, and you know what? I will not be surprised by the first, uh, uh, controversy when, because I believe this will happen. It's just, an, it's an eventuality. It's part of our DNA, our human nature. And there's bad characters out there and there's good characters out there. And, and when it blows up, I'm going to be happy because that's what it's going to take to make these changes. You know, right. it's like they, they hammer the hell out of the players, but it's as if they don't even look at the referees. Right. You know? Right. So, right. So, right. So, so well, I'll no, but I was going to tell you. Oh, yeah, no, I hear you. And, and I think that's a solution, but I, it, it'll, it remains to be seen if the NFL will ever do anything about it. I think they should. I think there's, uh, there's a case for it. And I think that the, 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 the commissioner should take a good, good hard look at it because that's the direction that we're going with this replay. Uh, it, it's just, if we're not there to, you know, uh, maintain the, 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 the feelings of the refs. It's to maintain the integrity of the game, not exactly. the integrity of the refs. So I think they need to do that eventually. And hopefully, you know, we, our podcasts and others can talk about this and, you know, force the issue, right? It's, it's possible, right. right? You never know. Right. So, you know, right now, you know, we're not as big as, you know, like a Joe Rogan, but Joe Rogan, if he says it, man, it might move the needle. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I right. guess my solution would be to have the boss from the referee crew up at top at, 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 in the uh, press box and watching the film there, and they have the power to go to not to not tell yeah. them I'm changing the call, but to go you got to look at this call and then yeah. give the power back, but to point them in the right direction. I think that's the solution, and I think that's a solution we're coming to. And I think what will cause this change 
are these refs now on Fox on CBS? Not the refs playing. Yeah, I hear you. The, the ones that are in the that are, that are in the because yeah. yeah. the, 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 the guys that are with them are making the call, right? That's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what's yeah. going to drive it. Yeah, All like right. a Deep Landino, right. Mike Pereira, those types that are already you know in the in the press box with those guys. Yes, I agree. Exactly. Or, or they should be remote. <laughs> and sometimes they get it wrong. You know, they'll come back. Oh, yeah, my bad. You know, uh, yeah, no but I'll tell you that the person disagrees with them. Yeah, but I'll tell you this, uh, Gidmo, tonight's game, they made my Niners, they, they faltered. The refing was actually pretty good, actually. Uh, I didn't see no, anything no, like uh, Hold that thought. Hold that thought, because I wanted to ask you specifically about that game. Oh, okay. Uh, all, right. All, right. All, right. all right. All right. And, and so let's move on here. Uh, I wanted to get to rush first quarterbacks. We've talked about this, and this is a sore point with me because of the politics. Everything's become tribal. There's a lot of black or mixed quarterbacks coming to the league, whether Desmond Ritter, Anthony Richardson, and, you know, us as fantasy football players and us as Latinos with mixed relatives, we don't care, but it's a big issue. And the reason it's a, a big issue for me isn't with race. It's with the knowledge of these moronic fans. It's like, no, to be a quarterback, you eventually have to drop back and throw the ball strong. Right. And, right. and at the end of the day, a rushing quarterback's longevity is not the same as somebody who understands the pocket or uh, 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 learn. So, for example, I gave two two examples. The, the person I want to talk about is Anthony Richardson, who chose to undergo season-ending surgery, which was not a bad move because he has an AC joint injury right. going back to high school. That's where he got it, and it's deformed the joint, so he wants to get it taken care of. However, the setback from losing a year in a in an era where – People have short, uh, uh, short. They don't have patience. Short, Attention you know. spans. Yeah, patience. Yep. Yeah. You know, so so this is a big loss for him. But I, I wanted to bring up Steve Young because everybody still knows Steve Young, an analyst, yep. or former analyst at ESPN, Super Bowl winning champ, came out of the shadows of Joe Montana. His career ended because of concussions, Impression. and a lot of those concussions came because he was a rushing quarterback and he took a lot of hits. He yep. still had a good two to three years left in him. But it ended it. And, and and that it was concussions that took him out, but Randall Cunningham, uh knee injury took him out. Yep. Uh, Michael Vick, as great as he was, his own stupidity with the legal mess kind of took him out. But even then, he's a player, and I've talked about this past who truly never learned how to stay in that pocket. You know, yep. Brett Favre learned, you know, uh, yep. uh Patrick Mahomes learned. It's hard to believe he's been in the league, what, six, seven years already? He still seems like a two or three year, but they learn. The great ones learn. So, and, and the reason I bring Anthony Richardson up is because that was my fear going into this season because he was the, uh, uh, the most, uh, raw quarterback and right. he's big guy, his legs. And as I was researching him, I was reading. You know, he, he'd mow down people, uh, his, right. his junior year. The coaches held him back a year because he, they had no offensive line in high school that the coaching staff. So they wanted him to get bigger. Once he got bigger, he was a man amongst boys, but just try to protect yourself is what yep. Trevor Lawrence told him. The hits yep. add up in this league and Absolutely. are a little different than in college so i mean so i mean there's the number one overall pick telling them look this isn't college is what he's saying michael Pittman jr his receiving teammate told pulled him aside and begged him to find a different way don't yep. run like me said Pittman. the team's heat-seeking missile i like that he's seeking it's a former sailor i like that yeah, <laughs> um, right, right, right. especially if the whole franchise depends on you and richardson did take that lesson to heart and he's starting to slide but that's something you'd never done until he got to the pros. So yep, how much yep. of a beat down did he take in college? You know, and 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 uh, before I get the final point, what are your thoughts on my belief? Am I way off base here? Or no, I think you're, you're you're right on base. I mean, a, a guy that showed that you can be a really good pocket passer without really needing to run is the the example that we saw tonight in Kirk Cousins. You know, he had a, a great game, and that guy he didn't even run at all uh, throughout the game. I mean, he essentially just passed it in the pocket pass. His offensive line did an awesome job. And protecting, you know, what supposedly is a daunted defense by the 49ers who can rush the passer. They, they were not even close to Kirk Cousins, but he's an example of somebody that I think that, you know, over time, I mean, he's, he's always been a pocket passer, but he, he's, his experience is showing he's good at what he does as a pocket passer. And I think a lot of these coaches want 
you know, kind of like that, you know. Brock Purdy's, you know, a good pocket passer, too. He he runs. You know, he's still a rookie, right? I mean, you know, or second year. So, you know, he's still learning the game as far as being a, a good pocket passer. But, you know, the running quarterbacks in the league, you have Lamar Jackson's probably the prototypical running quarterback right now. And, and the guy's Actually. so good. Yep. Actually, Eddie, this game that they destroyed the Detroit Lions on, yes, when the head coach came out, uh, I forget the head coach's name for the Lions. He came out and said, Lamar just destroyed us to the air and ran when he had to. They're making a complete shift to a more passing yeah. offense. And that's a, that's a transition for uh, Lamar Jackson. He's making his move to become yes. a pocket quarterback. This He's year. doing and, it now. And and the reason the reason they've never gotten past the second round, a big part of the reason is in playoffs, you better learn to be a quarterback first and then use your legs because eventually right. you will falter. There has been no rush first quarterback to win a Super Bowl. Uh, uh Big John, my partner, tried to tell me Jalen Hurts. And then I looked at his numbers. No, I would not no. have called him a rush first quarterback last year. Maybe his first year in the NFL, but there's no, never been a, a, a rush first quarterback. And I think Lamar Jackson can be the scariest quarterback for the next five, six, seven years because he's still young. He's still in his early 20s, I believe, you know, like 23, 24, maybe 29. Yeah, but he's older than that. Is he older than that? Yeah, I think yeah. he's like 27, 28 range, but yeah, he's, 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 he's a beast. I mean, that guy is so fast, but his, his arm strength is really good too. I think he's just, you know, I think Baltimore was trying to accumulate wins. They saw that what his talent was and that was his talent in running. And the guy was so elusive, never really took a really hard hit, you know, so I think he's still doing the same thing right now. He's just so fast, so elusive. Um, but you know, I think they're scaling him back from that, which is the right call that's going to prolong his career. And I think make the Baltimore Ravens a better team long, long term. Exactly. He's 26 years old. And, and where I will disagree with you, he has been injury prone the last few years. That's been the knock on him. And it's because of his style. And I think this new offensive right will make him a scary uh, person. Now I want to end this, this, this with, uh, 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 oh gosh, why? And I apologize to the author writer of this, uh, because, uh, I don't know who did it, but the art. Oh, I think it was talking about inside the hurt, the healing and the hope in Anthony Richardson's shoulder. And I got that out of MSN.com. Uh, uh, and I want to give the author's name. His name is Nate Atkins for the Indianapolis star. And the reason right. I had to go to MSN, the, 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 the to, uh, 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 being to go read it is because if I had gone to the Indianapolis uh, site itself, it would have locked me out. You got to pay. So uh, <laughs> for, for people out there, you get a lot of MSN articles that are behind paywalls for free there. But this guy brought up a very good point, and I'm just going to read it. The Colts are facing the natural bind that comes with mobile quarterbacks in, in the NFL. Of every quarterback with at least 9,000 total yards in his first five years between 1998 and 2012, the 11 with the most rushing yards average 110 games played. The 11 with the least rushing yards average 163. There's a lot of nuances that aren't covered in years that aren't talked about or this or that. Right. So this could be a very deeper report. But the gist of it is what I always say. A rushing quarterback will get hurt, will yes. miss time, will not develop. And, with the, and the reason I say nuances here – also, when you get so many injuries, how good a quarterback are you versus before the injuries? How many of these rushing quarterbacks lost their ability uh, to work their magic and just couldn't even make it to the playoffs or to the Super Bowl? So it's not just the game started, the game's played. It's how all these injuries affect them. So, if, I mean, take Deshaun Watson. I think this time off and these injuries, I mean, when I see Deshaun Watson, I see – uh, a guy who freaking reminds me of a of a small linebacker versus the uh, sleek sinewy. Is that how you say it? sinewy? Sinewy type sinewy. player he was. Sinewy uh, build he had with the Texans. So I'm like, what is he done? He looks done to me. I'm not saying he is, but uh, uh, these injuries affect these quarterbacks in ways right. that that we just can't understand. People don't understand getting hit at 30 miles an hour over and over and over. Oh yeah. And That's, on the joints, on the knees, the head, you know, it affects him. Yeah. It's whiplash. I mean, you're constantly getting whiplash. It's like a car accident, honestly, multiple times, you know, a, a day, you know, getting the car accident. That's what these hits happen over time. That's what, that's, that's how CTE develops is these constant exactly. hits over and over again. Not necessarily right to the head, but just the movement like this, you know, can create, uh, uh, some, some issues in the brain. So, so the whiplash effect, the whiplash, the whiplash effect, effect for sure. Yes. 
So all right. I'm with you, Eddie. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I apologize to you, Eddie, and, and the audience if you're noticing me kind of pushing forward. <laughs> we're trying no to, we're trying to stay on time, right? Stay uh, on time. At uh, the time, yeah. yeah. So let's move on over to the NFL rankings. Sure. Uh, first of all, I just want to talk about the Chiefs briefly, uh, and get your take. Look, the Chiefs have been under the radar. Oh, they, 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 they look human. They're looking this or looking that. Look, Patrick Mahomes came in with a killer game over 400 uh, uh, passing yards. And I think this was a, a bit of a statement game against the Chargers. The Chargers know who they are. They understand the nuances of them. Uh, and they were able to shut them down. It wasn't even a contest. And I think I, I, the Chiefs are the, the dominant team in the league right now. They lost the first game and they've been building and they're starting to come out of their shell. I'm not a Travis Kelsey fan. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but those guys look scary, Eddie, that, that combo there. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, because, you know, their, their, their offense hasn't really been in sync. If, if, if Travis Kelsey is covered well, that, that offense isn't going to move. Their, their, their running back situation is hit and miss. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco has been doing pretty good. Jarek McKinnon is kind of like a third down back. He has his moments as well. But if they don't have, you know, Travis Kelsey having a big game, they can't move the ball offensively. So, you know, they need another wide receiver to step up. And, you know, they brought back Nicole Hardman, you know, so we'll see if that helps. Um, you know, the, the, uh, Rasheed Rice has definitely helped the, the rookie. He's definitely uh, emerged here and there. But the, the other guys, you know, Marcus Valdez Scantling, I mean, I mean, they, where is that guy, right? Um, you know, they, 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 they struggled offensively in the first five or six weeks. And yet they're still, you know, six and one. And we get, you know, why is because their defense, their defense actually had been carrying that team. Their defense has always been the liability. <laughs> and now this year it's become a strength. Uh, they're, they're actually a pretty good defense right now and they're showing it. And that's why they're right, they're right where they're at. And with that defense coming around and the offense starting to get some rhythm, yeah, they, they could be a daunting uh, force moving forward for anybody to stop. Right. Hey, okay. Uh, I had the Eagles at number two. I didn't like how they won. I thought the refs gift wrapped in the, the game this last night, but they were the better team you could see on the field. Uh, and here's where you may find it a bit controversial. After the beatdown, the embarrassment that the Ravens gave the Detroit Lions, a team on the verge of entering the circle of eliteness, I bumped them up to number three because I think – What's scary is this could be the beginning of that offense finally getting it together. The big thing here, Eddie, with this team that they proved Sunday, touchdowns. Before this past weekend, they were, it was Justin Tucker carrying them and they were allowing teams to hang around because right. they were having red zone efficiency problems. To me, that's a product of a new offense, chemistry, timing, et cetera. And we finally saw that. So I bumped them up the, to, uh, Number three, with their five and two record, which is the same as the 49ers. So give me your take on what I said about Baltimore, then just jump into with what happened to the Niners. <laughs> well, Baltimore did show me something this last week. I mean, it is a week to week thing, right? The rankings can sway drastically based on one win, right? Well, not in too my drastic, opinion, but you know, but in my opinion, I mean, it's a pretty big move, but in my opinion, my Niners are still number three, but you know, I'm, I'm biased. I'm San Francisco right through and through. Yeah. They, they, they had a poor showing tonight. Their defense just did not show up tonight and, you know, give, give credit to the, to the Vikings. They, they, they played well. And, you know, uh, one of my buddies called me up and said, Hey, you know, he's a, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan. He's like, Oh, you know, the blueprints have been made out by the Cleveland Browns. Watch out. You know, the now, now the Niners, you know, they're going to look mediocre on offense. The offense wasn't the issue. It was the defense. The defense could not stop. The, uh, the, the Kirk Cousin led Vikings. I mean, Kirk whoa, Cousin whoa, threw whoa, over 400 whoa, yards. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I would normally buy that except for the fact that the team put up 30 points for three straight weeks. So that offense, now the defense, what I'm saying is the offense has to be able to, the, that defense has carried this, the, has been playing dominant too. But I don't put that whole blame. This offense is stinking right now. Uh, they average 30 points a week. My issue with them is depth. If you lose you're talking McCaffrey, about the, you're, talking, Davis, about, you're the talking about the Niners. The Niners. The Niners. Yeah. If they lose McCaffrey or Depot, yeah. what I'm seeing is a team that's done, that hasn't found a solution without those two players. Look, that team runs through McCaffrey, and he was kind For of shut sure. down tonight. And Debo helped stretch that offense. He's so spectacular as a player. He can yes. rush the ball, make play. I mean, he's he's a playmaker. So. I, for, so, for example, the reason I, I, I moved the Baltimore Ravens ahead of them is because of that. Baltimore Ravens, they lost their running attack. They've replaced it. Yeah, they, J.K. They Dobbins, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. That that offense is opening up with no name receivers. And then I look at the Niners. I'm like, you lose McCaffrey, you lose Debo, you're done. I mean, I'm yeah, not saying I'm right. What I'm saying, that's yeah. what I saw the last two weeks. But Baltimore Ravens have Gus Edwards, and Gus Edwards had a really good uh, game, and he's been with the team for a long time, and he's actually a decent back, you know. So, so if they okay, lose okay. Jake Robbins, they have a Gus Edwards who can fill in and do pretty decent. They don't have the so same thing saying. with you know the, the San Francisco Niners. They don't have somebody to replace Christian McCaffrey. I mean, they have Jordan Mason, they have Eli Mitchell, who's always hurt. So it's it's tougher to fill it in, you know. But Whereas that's Gus my Edwards point. is easier. Yeah, right. That's my whole point. Yeah, they yeah, don't have the depth, and that's on general management. Maybe they shouldn't have agreed. Maybe they should have when they reworked McCaffrey's contract. Maybe he reworked it not to give him as much so they could put in a little money. So, for example, when I saw the article a couple of days ago that the Titans may be looking to trade Derrick Henry, actually, I thought of the Niners. I'm like, they could use it. You know, they they, they could really use it. Uh, I don't want to, you know, because they may not have to pay them. Well, and that's my point. You gotta, you know, they pay, they're overpaying McCaffrey. Look, at the end of the day, I love McCaffrey. He's dynamic, more dynamic than Henry. But who do I trust to be on the field more, better? It's Henry, not by much, because he's had his own sense of injuries. But the guy is a train. So I'm hoping he's gonna make a trade for him, you know. But my point is, is I see chinks in the armor of the Niners, and these are Big holes because if they lose these guys, uh, they haven't shown the resiliency. It's only two games, but in the past two weeks, they haven't shown the resiliency nor ability to overcome that. That's all my take. I'm actually rooting for the Niners. I'd like to see Kyle Shanahan overcome his his demons of being right. a moron in big games. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Moving on. Elitism is on the radar. The Jaguars at number five. The Dolphins at number six. The Lions at number seven. I kind of wanted to talk about those two teams, but the Dolphins are the Dolphins. They're going to bounce back. The refs hurt them. Uh, you know, let's wait and see. But they got to start beating winning teams. You know, they're competitive, right. so I'm not too concerned. Now, the Lions, well, all I want to point out about the Lions after the shellac, I mean, that was an embarrassment. That that was like a, a, a Super Bowl champion playing uh, a college team. But the Lions are going to bounce back. <clears throat> but there's an important point here with the NFC. And I heard it from my man, Chris Berman, yeah, last night. I love primetime. That is the only ESPN show I watch. It's primetime. And uh-huh. the only reason I'm able to watch it is because Hulu forced ESPN Plus on me. I didn't have a choice. Well, you're getting uh-huh. ESPN Plus and Disney Plus, and we're going to charge you five bucks more a month. So I didn't have a choice. Uh, I had the Hulu Live package, which is similar to the cable TV, where you get all the live shows at the same time. But anyway, my point is, is he brought up a very good point. He says, these NFC East teams, they suck against physical AFC teams. And he goes, and I, uh, and after he pointed it out, I was like, yeah. So he brought up a good point. This is a great loss for the Lions to go back. It's like, because they're a rising team, a young rising team. Sometimes I think it's good to get smashed in the mouth by a, by, by, by a perennial power to show right. you ain't there yet, boy, you know, right. to make right. that statement. So I think the Lions will recover. Uh, 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 any thoughts on the Dolphins and Lions before we move on? No, you know, I, I would say that the way you ranked them, you know, I, 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 Jacksonville being number five, I think is a little questionable to me, but I, I, I probably would have put Miami there and then put Jacksonville at number six. But hey, this is your rankings and I'm just giving you my two cents. But, uh, Jackson, I think Miami has played better, better opponents. Jacksonville is still, you know, they, you, you play with who's in front of you, right? And if you're winning, you're winning. They're both five and two. I just think the Dolphins are a more explosive team and a better team overall. And that's why I would put them at number five instead of Jacksonville. No, they are. They are. They are. You can switch these around. It's like, I'm not, you're not, I'm not going to argue with you saying maybe Miami should have been there. Jacksonville's <laughs> been winning. Miami has lost, uh, two critical games and the, the, the blueprint is starting to show up and how to handle that team. And the other thing with Miami is they get a lot of hype. They haven't beaten a winning, a team like above 500. Or, and I wish I had saved that article, but there was something to that effect. So, you know, being flashy gets a lot of hype and attention. You know, everybody yep. loves that, 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 that guy, uh, uh, that John Travolta see walking down, you know, but that's <laughs> all flash. So, and the Jaguars, they've been improving every week. And they have the elite talent. My concern with the Jaguars is actually Trevor Lawrence taking that final step, you know. But, okay, so moving on, though. Uh, 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 
uh, like I said, it was Jaguars, uh, Dolphins, and the Lions. And now the better than average but still has kinks to work out department. I dropped the Bills from number six to number nine, and they have problems. It looks like they they still have jet lag from going over the pond. And at the end of the day, I've never been impressed with their head coach, and their defensive coordinator has never impressed me neither. But this to me, isn't the play calling or coaching. The players are in a funk. And I think it's Josh Allen needs to step up and become a veteran team leader. He still acts like a child at times with his mannerisms, things like that. Somebody in that locker room needs to step up as a leader. And Josh Allen is the heart and soul of that team. I think they're going to figure things out. But they are very beatable any given Sunday for all the talent they have. And actually, that's the other team I was thinking. I was like, y'all need Derrick Henry. Yeah, y'all need yeah. a rushing attack. They need a rushing attack because, you know, James Cook hasn't really shown up yet. I mean, the guy's got a lot of talent. Honestly, he's disappointed me in, from a fantasy football perspective because he was a guy I was eyeing because, you know, he was going to be the every down back. You know, Devin Singletary is no longer there, and I thought he'd be the guy that would just carry the load and do a good job, and he hasn't shown it yet. And I don't know if it's necessarily his fault. I don't know if it's the offensive blocking schemes. I don't know. It's it's Or if it's the game call, you know, the play calling. The, 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 the Buffalo Bills' success completely hinges on Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And exactly. right now, that's it. If you can shut that down, they're going to have a problem moving the ball. And that's exactly. what they're coming. You know, you have now Dawson Knox, who now is out, you know, for, you know, a couple of weeks now. Now Dalton Kincaid has to step up and he's a, he's a rookie tight end. And, you know, they have Gabriel Davis as the other guy on the other end. He's a good <laughs> wide receiver. And yeah, you know, he's been playing be well. Better. They should be better than they than they've been showing. I mean, their and their defense has been suspect too. So I don't know what's going on. You might it might be that uh, that 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 layover, that hangover from the two weeks out in London. You know, uh, but but it didn't bother Jacksonville. The same thing happened to Jacksonville. I don't know. Yeah. What what, yeah. what can you say? Yeah. I I just think they're an overrated team right now because of what you just said. You shut Allen or Diggs, they have no recourse. Kind of like what I'm saying with the Niners. Without McCaffrey and Debo, they're a completely different team. Uh, Even though Diggs and Allen are on the field, they're not in sync all the time. And it doesn't help when you have egos versus leaders. Stephon Diggs is one of these guys. He'll start whining to the press and all that. So they need to develop leadership. If you look at the Eagles, you look at the – uh, 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 Niners and oh god, what's the third team? The third team that's always in the mix. Uh, Eagles, Niners, uh, and Chiefs. Chiefs. They don't have that. I think that's one reason they let Tyreek Hill walk the Chiefs. They didn't want that in the locker room where ego, whining, complaining, give me the ball. That yeah. disrupts teams. And I think, I think with Diggs, I'm not saying he's a problem, but that's a concern for me based on what I've seen of Diggs. Alrighty. Moving on, my friend. Tell me what you think of the Cleveland Browns. Is Deshaun Watson, I'm not saying he's done. But the last, so far this season, he looks like a fat man who's done. He looks like he's lost a step. When I saw that interception where he got hurt, I did, I, I actually did uh, a double take because I was like, damn, didn't we see that play a couple of weeks ago? That same interception, that same rollout, you know? So am, I'm not saying I'm right, but am I off here or, or am I just, maybe I need to give him more time? What, what's your take on that? With the Browns? No, you know, I don't know. It, it, it could be a, a, a in shape thing, you know, but even guys who are out of shape can throw the ball and, and, and be accurate. And, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I still think that there's something <laughs> lingering with them, with him, honestly, from all the offseason stuff. I think that mentally, I think he lost a lot of respect in the locker room a little bit. Uh, he's the highest paid guy, the only, you know, guy who's fully guaranteed in the NFL. <laughs> People, people are envious about that. Kirk Cousins so he, had a fully guaranteed contract. He was yeah, but, but he's but he's fully guaranteed and the highest paid. You know, and, and yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Kirk yeah. Cousins was like eighty five million over the yeah, time. yeah. I mean, this, this guy's two hundred something million plus. I mean, I mean that that I mean, and he hasn't performed to it, so he's definitely feeling the pressure from I think his his peers. You know, from the from the city of Cleveland, you know, they're dying to have a great football team. They know they have a great defense, although it didn't show it this weekend against the Indianapolis Colts with Gardner Minshew, the porn star, thrown, you know, over 300 yards. I mean, that the Cleveland Brown team should be way better. But, of course, they lost Nick Chubb. And now they lost Jerome Ford, right? So now they lost Jerome Ford. They lost Jerome Ford for a couple weeks. So Kareem Hunt is now the, the running back. And we're going to get to the waiver wire, but he's number one, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so, so, the, but they have a balanced attack. You know, they, the thing is, PJ Walker has been saving their season, honestly, because, exactly. you know, yeah. And, and people- 
people are whining about that. They want the rookie in there. I'm like, are you people high? What the hell are you watching? So yeah. real quick though, on the fat man comment, you're you're dating yourself because you're right. There were fat people who could play in the NFL when we were kids. The only fat people you see is some bellies on the offensive and defensive linemen. But the NFL is a different game now. These guys yeah, but we can't we can't be fat. That, that's a PC incorrect term now. We got to say overweight or over, you know, uh, maybe with a uh, plus <laughs> size plus Look people, people, whatever, Look right? People. I got yeah. the fat gene. If I don't watch what I eat, I've seen pictures of my aunt, my mother, and I'm like, oh, dear God, I got their genes. And I call it the fat gene. And look, COVID killed fat people. So I'm sick of this fat shaming because we're putting politics before actual health. Look, if somebody's a, a, as big as a house, maybe you, I'm not going to go to their face. Look, you fat pig. But I will say, hey, look, brother, I'm concerned about your weight. You know, yeah. For sure. You know? For sure. But For at sure. the end of the day, we're just being polite because we love them, we like them, etc. At the end, but the down and dirty, it's not healthy to be fat. But we're digressing. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, just, I just want to correct myself because I didn't use the right term. That's the first term, and I just want to say for those people <laughs> looking out there, it's you know, a, a, a body plus people. That's it. <laughs> oh my God! What happened to you? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're right. Hey, we have to be conscious of our audience, right? Right. You know, <laughs> yeah, not everybody's right. going to be exactly what we view and what we say because we grew up in a different era. Not everybody's listening yeah. to us are from our, our era, so. But I will say this about men and women. We're talking more about women in the sense of how to – most men, there was a Playboy uh, cartoon I saw or Hustler or maybe one of those type things when I was in the Navy. I shouldn't sit there and say that, but it was one of those watching But what I got out of this cartoon, it was hilarious. They sh It was a two-panel cartoon, Eddie. They showed from the mirror aspect. It was titled How Men See Themselves, and you saw this Greek Adonis. Then the <laughs> next panel was kind of like the back shot, and you see this fat blob. That's right. how guys are. They're like, I look good. How many times do we see that fat slob with the hot-looking women? And we're like, damn. <laughs> There's one of three things that guy has. Yeah, he's rich. He's, he's rich. rich? You know, maybe he's got something under the belt. Or he's got personality, you know? Those are the three <laughs> options, you know? Yep. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, before we move on uh, on the fat shaming, uh, you're right, we shouldn't fat shame. But I am proud of the fact Reginitas are in. The curvy woman is in. You know, oh, yeah. when I was in high school, you know, my friends would go, man, look at that chick. She's hot. She's hot. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the back of my head, I mean, that, that, that woman looks like a girl. Looks like a 12-year-old boy. Then I'd be looking at the Latinas and the black chicks with the curves. And yeah, man, look at that big old butt. Look at those. Look, look how fat she is. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? That's a hot-looking woman there. But yeah, I never said yeah, anything. Yeah. Peer pressure yep. got to me, brother. So I am yep. happy for women in that in that sense. Yeah, but let, let's stop digressing. Let's move on. Uh, look, the Steelers are improving. We saw this week, even though the refs sealed the victory for them, Mike Tomlin teams have a history of getting better as the season goes along. And I just wanted to point that out. They had the bye week. Kenny Pickett looked good because he did not throw a pick. His timing seemed to be there. So look for the Steelers over the next few weeks to see how they do because they could, that that's arguably the best division in football now. The Ravens, the Steelers, the Bengals. Right. The one team and the Browns. Team. And the Browns. And the Browns, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that, that, and that's a physical division. That's one reason I think that division, you know, doesn't get to the Super Bowl as much. They're just so beat up from each other, you know. Uh, any thoughts on the Steelers? You know, I, I'm, I'm very impressed with how they turn their season around because after the first two to three weeks, everybody was questioning like, Oh my God, is Mike Tomlin going to be able to write this, you know, write this ship? Because, you know, he's, he's a really good coach, really good motivator. But it did look, it looked very dire, you know, after the first two weeks, first two to three weeks. And then they just kind of just kept, you know, they just kept at it. I mean, they, they, they played Steeler football, great defense, you know, uh, you know, they're not having a running game, unfortunately. Najee Harris, you know, and Jalen, uh, you know, uh, what's the name of uh, Jalen? Wormley uh, or something? Uh, what's no, 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 Jalen, uh, uh, I forgot his name. Anyway, uh, Jalen Harris, I forgot his name. Anyway, so the other guy, the, the backup, uh, running back, he's, uh, uh, he's been, you know, a, a receiving guy, but you know, they, they, they just, their defense essentially keeps them in games. And I think yeah. that, you know, and of course, Tomlin knows how to motivate his team. So uh, I think that team, you know, is dangerous because, you know, Kenny Pickett is getting better, better. George Pickens is getting better and better. So, you know, that, that, that team is going to be uh, dangerous uh, moving forward. And, and it's already showing with their four and two record. 
I agree. So, so for the audience, the better than average but still has kinks to work out was number nine with Buffaloes who dropped three slots, and the Browns came in at ten. They remained the same. And then the pretenders or contenders uh, tier includes the Seahawks at number twelve, the Jets at thirteen, and the Steelers at fourteen, having moved up from eighteen. Uh, just a couple of seconds here. What are your thoughts on the Vikings? Do you think they're turning the corner here based off this game tonight? Uh, I, I mean, yes. give me your thoughts. I mean, because I, I moved them up from 21 to 15. I mean, they, they had, I mean, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, um, you know, they have this other receiver who, you know, hasn't really played that much. And, and I mean, he had a really good, I, I just can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was another uh, a wide receiver that had a really good game. And they did all this without Justin Jefferson. And, you know, everybody, or something like that. He's a tight end, I think, who you're referring to. No, no, it's another wide receiver. It was another guy. Okay, I forgot his name. I just, the name escapes me. But anyway, so uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, is out four weeks, and, and and their defense played well. Their offensive line was ridiculous. I was like, man, this team shows up at home. I mean, they hadn't been winning at home. And, and, they and had now no they're, offensive line. So what do you say about the Niners? Right. That's my point. It's like, what, the, what, what, I mean, this Niner off, this Niner defense was, you know, Nick Bosa, Javon Hargrave, uh, uh, they have, uh, uh, Eric Armstead. Now they had, uh, uh, Randall Gregory. You know, it's like, they're supposed to be, and then of course, you know, uh, 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 Warner, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. I mean, they have really good talent on that defensive side and they should be way better. They should have, they should have had at least had one sack. They had pressures, but that showed me that their offensive line, did a really good job in blocking the scheme of the 49ers. And uh, either either it was a bad defensive scheme or a great offensive line. Either way, yeah, I, the, the Vikings, I, I think, argue. are a better team than, than than people think right now. And and they're doing this without Justin Jefferson. And I think they, they've righted the ship. This is some this is a, me, a momentum-changing game for him for the season. And I think we'll see next week what happens. You know, in hearing you talk, it made me realize that in life, you know, the first time I ever heard it was from Sylvester Stallone, but it's been said by many people well before him that are famous as well, that it's not about how successful you are in life. It's about how you react when you get punched in the face and knocked down. It's right. how you get up and respond. And I think that's where the Niners are at right now. I know I'm backtracking, but I think it's a pretty good point. I think the Niners got smashed in the mouth. And they're not reacting to it very well, as we saw in the Vikings game. So they've got to overcome their own issues within themselves because there's no excuse for them losing tonight. All right. So well, here, this... Real quick digression. So real quick. So I just want to point out something that you just said just to kind of support what you just said about that. So uh, when I got into sales, I was an engineer. And I did that for a couple of years before oh, going into right. sales. That's right. That's right. You're an and, engineer. And, yeah. you know, engineering, engineering is a very black and white world. There's no gray. And I went into sales and let me tell you, it's all gray, right? And it was a hard thing for me to transition from. And one of the managers saw me struggling with, you know, the way sales is. And I was kind of taking things personally, you know, didn't have a really thick skin at first. And over time, my, my, my skin got thicker. But this manager pointed out and said this one thing that always stuck with me. And he said, Eddie, just remember this. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you deal with it. And I think that applies right now with the 49ers. They've been hit in the mouth by the Cleveland Browns. Now they have to step up and, and show that they're, they're, they are the team who we all thought they were. They just have to get back mentally who they, who they are. Exactly. Eddie, you're thumping on something. I think they make a point, but it's uh, reverberating as an echo. This is an FYI. <laughs> it's reverberating? Oh, you were probably close to your mic, I bet. Maybe. <laughs> but no, I, I I agree with you, and that that is true. And what you what Eddie just said, the final point is our point. It's not sports. Our point is life. It doesn't matter where in life you are, we're always going to get knocked down. We're always going to be uh, slapped with embarrassment, with with demotions, loss, firings, uh, getting beat up, all that. It's how we react which helps determine our success. Alrighty, so that tier was the rest of the best or pretenders. We had the Vikings at 15 that moved up from 21. The Rams dropped the 17 from 14. The Chargers dropped from 15 to 18. And I'm just going to make one comment on the Chargers. For those not aware, and I've said it before, the Chargers have a tradition of not being able to win, of always looking Super Bowl worthy on paper and, and, and never coming through. And what's aggravating about this is they paid a quarterback with phenomenal talent but has never won anything and has never shown he could put a team on his back, at least on the professional level. And they're paying uh, uh, Justin Herbert $260 million plus, you know, for five years. Uh, well, maybe not five years, but uh, two hundred, but $260 million. 
You know, and, and I'm like, there was somebody said the comment, like, there's a lot of overpaid jump quarterbacks. And that's what he's referring to. He's not referring to their talent or he's not saying they can't make tough throws. He's saying they can't win. Right. You know, well, Joe Burrows is the next one on that list, meaning he's taking his team to the Super Bowl, but he's going, he's entering those years now where, well, can he win the big one? Can he carry the team? I actually think Zach Taylor, the, the head coach, is terrible. And I think Burroughs makes him look good. But either way, I just want to say that about the Chargers. The get it together or else overachiever section. I just have one comment with the Atlanta Falcons. They're not a very good team, but they have a half game lead in the NSC South. That division is up for grabs and a mediocre team is going to win. But I want to say this about Desmond Ritter. I'm rooting for him. He's a quarterback for the Falcons. But, man, he is his own worst enemy with the turnovers. I mean, he's like Gardner Minshew, you know, because uh, Gardner Minshew, for people who aren't aware, had four turnovers, three fumbles and one interception. So he didn't help his team, even though the refs cost him. He didn't help. But I just want to say that about the Falcons. They're an up-and-coming team. Uh and this is why they need to stick with Ritter, because it doesn't matter. From a morale standpoint, winning that division, whether it's a soft division or not, is huge in not only individual players' growth like Ritter, but the team and their psyche moving forward. Your quick thoughts on Atlanta? No, I, they, they, I'm impressed that they are at the point that where they're at. I mean, they should be worse than the record, but they're sticking around. And, uh, you know... Kudos to them. And even Bijan Robinson really hasn't really done anything. Um, he didn't you know, play in the second half. No, I'm just saying in general, he really hasn't done anything for being this highly touted running back from Texas. He just hasn't really showed, you know, this force that he was supposed to be. I mean, a lot of people in fantasy football drafts had him as a top four pick. And right. if you did that, you're hurting because he hasn't really done anything, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, and then Drake London is another one. He's He's actually been emerging here and there. Um, but that, that team's scrappy. I, I, I gotta give it up to them. They're scrappy. I, I, I agree. I agree. And, and at the end of the day, these running backs, I think they're, unless you're Derrick Henry, it, it takes time because these offenses, you better learn how to catch the ball. Better be able to run those end routes. Better be able to do the little toss off to the receiver who's going to throw it. To, you know, all these, it's a much more complex game for the running back today. So I'm going to give him time. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Bucks, I want to say they're, they're kind of like, even though they lost to the Falcons, they're kind of like one level higher. They're a team with a new quarterback in Mayfield, learning mm -hmm. chemistry. Uh, uh, but for both these teams, I'm not impressed with their coaching staff. Uh, uh, Todd Bowles is, is just an atrocious, uh, head coaching record. And, uh, this Arthur guy with the Falcons hasn't impressed me too much, but hey, at least the Falcons Smith. guy is winning, you yeah. know? Arthur Smith, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then and so 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 that tier is to get it together or else overachievers. The Falcons at 19 up from 25, the Bucks at 20 down from 16, the Colts at 20 21. Uh, uh, they didn't move up. They were at 23 before. It wasn't that they moved up; it's teams were dropping below them. You know, the, co <laughs> right. the Commanders at 22 from 19. They're just an inconsistent team with a terrible head coach. I've never been a, a, a Ron Rivera fan, and I actually have a friend who got mad at me because she's friends with him. You know, uh, 23 <laughs> the New Orleans Saints. And he's the only Latino uh, head coach in the NFL, so. Yeah, yeah, that's how she met him. She knew him as a kid. His father was in the military. They were stationed together in Panama. Uh, so she's a big uh, uh, Ron fan. But the New Orleans Saints at 23 from 20. Uh, in a nutshell, Indianapolis, Washington, New Orleans. They're just too inconsistent. New players, learning new offenses. And and out of those, that group, the Saints are the ones that are disappointing because they have an elite defense. But right. I think the Saints' problems lie with their offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael. Yes. And I, I think he has to go. I don't think Derek Carr's got this perception, this reputation, but in his defense, he's learning chemistry with his receivers. He's learning a new playbook. He's trying to gel. Pete Carmichael has not done anything with that offense since Sean Payton left. What are your thoughts with the Saints? I mean, the Saints should be way better than they are. I mean, they have playmakers. They have Chris Olave, who's a great playmaker. They have uh, Michael Thomas, who used to be a great, great playmaker. I mean, he's still good. Um, and then you have Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara is a really good two-way running back. He can run and he can catch. And, uh, you know, they also have Jimmy Graham, you know, so, you know, Derek <laughs> Jimmy Carr, Graham. Jimmy Graham is a tight end. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, so, but, you know, Derek Carr, you know, yeah, give, he's, he's a, he's a, a veteran quarterback. He's still learning the system. It could be a play calling thing. They might be just being very conservative, conservative because they know they have a good defense. 
And, you know, they're still hang, they're hanging around in games. They're not getting blown out. They're, they're, right. they're, 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 they're good enough to compete against some of the good teams, but they definitely have to shore up their offense more. I agree. And the final one, we're running a couple minutes behind, so I'll make this quick. The Packers just aren't very good, but neither was Brett Favre's first year and neither was Aaron Rodgers. To me, this is a building year to develop him as a leader develop him with chemistry i think they still need a receiver uh uh to help him out but i'm viewing this year as a lost season for them and i have them ranked at 30th they're down from 26 in fact this tier real quick before i get your final comments on this this is what the hell we have no clue or play for draft position the titans the patriots at were number 25 up from 30 because they did beat the bills the broncos at 26 up from 29 last week uh they, they won the giants up to 27 from 28, they won. The Bears, uh, up 28 from 31, they won. All these one and five teams or one and six teams won. The Raiders dropped from 22 to 29. I can't remember where I read it, but they were like the, the writers said they're the worst three, three team in the league. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. And they showed <laughs> I agree. It. And then the Packers dropped from 26 to 30th and the Cardinals dropped to 31 from 27 and the Panthers stayed, uh, at 32 and they had the bye week. What's your take on the Packers before we close out the rankings yeah you know the they're 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 they're, they're in rebuild i mean let's face it we we know that they're in rebuild i mean jordan love is you know uh, he's been under you know the the tutelage of aaron Rodgers over the last four years or right around that that time frame and you know he's definitely come into a system that he understands um, the thing is, is that, you know, the, the AJ Dillon and, uh, and, and, and Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones has been injured, you know, since week one, off and on. He just came back this week and they need him. They need an Aaron Jones to make that offense function because Jordan Love on his own isn't going to be able to carry him yet. He could be in the future, but not yet. You know, then you have, you know, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. They're emerging receivers and they, they, they're, they're decent. You know, I wouldn't say that they're elite, but they're decent. But, you know, they need, they need a running game to balance things out so that it's all, not all of it is falling on Jordan Love because Jordan Love still needs experience and he's getting that experience this year. So it's a rebuild year for the Green Bay Packers. My final comment on that is my issues with all these West Coast surrogates uh, or, you know, they have learned the West Coast office and they've all changed them up and they've expanded it. But a lot of teams like the Packers over the years, the uh, uh, Zach Taylor with the Bengals, uh, they don't use the running back, and the running back is a key position in the West Coast offense with screens, short dump offs. That's sure. how you. That's how you. You don't run them up the gut. You use those little tight plays, and and the Packers have been notorious for not implementing that style of uh, 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 play. And I think that's why you see a lot of these West Coast teams eventually falter and lose. You got to have a well balanced offense because, as, as we said, if you shut down Josh Allen. Uh, you're shutting down uh, uh, Stefan uh, Diggs by default, but when your team only has that and there's no threat from the rushing attack, yep. that's you yep. know, you're going to lose. Anyway, yep. that's what we have for our NFL Week Eight Power Rankings. So let us know if you agree or disagree. But right now, with our final segment, it is the Eddie Show. Eddie, talk to me about the fantasy waiver wire and let's get it going with. The quarterback. Actually, Eddie, it's your segment here. Uh, I just started off. Who are the top players that people need to look out for? So a lot of these names we've already mentioned in past uh, podcasts, just because it's, you know, the running back position and the running back position is always hurt. And, you know, the latest to enter the injury report is, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jerome Ford of the Cleveland Browns. They already lost Nick Chubb. Now they lost Jerome Ford. It looks like maybe one to two to three weeks. Um, so the guys, the, the, bat, the, the guys that you should target, we've already mentioned Kareem Hunt. He's definitely one that you should target for, for this week. Um, he's probably on other people's rosters because people already anticipated that, you know, he, he, he was on the team when he, he got picked up, uh, you know, and brought on the team. But then you have this uh, Pierre Strong. You know, you, you have an insurance policy. You need to have an insurance policy for these Cleveland running backs because, because they're falling off the wall like flies. And, you know, right. that, that's, so Pierre Strong's the insurance policy on Nick Chubb. So he's got it that you, that you want to, uh, target for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Dante Foreman was one that we brought up, uh, last week or a couple weeks. The last podcast we mentioned that, you know, uh, Khalil Herbert is out. Roshan Johnson is out. So, you know, Dante Foreman is someone that you definitely want to target. And he's definitely, uh, he, he scored, uh, good points, 33 points this weekend. So if you had targeted him and put him on your squad last week, you did well. 
Uh, Chuba Hubbard is another one that we have talked about for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, he's, he's probably rostered by somebody, um, you know, but he's definitely somebody that you should target. Now, the, 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 the Rams, you know, had lost, uh, Kyron Williams. And, you know, there was speculation that, uh, there was, you know, Zach Evans. A lot of the people that were writing about fantasy were talking about Zach Evans as the guy. And, and, and right. to everybody's surprise, Daryl Henderson is the guy who emerged as the guy to, to target. So Daryl Henderson is definitely somebody that you want to target um, uh, for for the uh, for the for the Los Angeles Rams. Royce Freeman is the is the insurance policy on Daryl Henderson because you know these guys are falling down like flies, you know, falling off the walls like flies. So uh, uh, Royce Freeman is the insurance policy of Daryl Henderson on the on the Rams. Ezekiel Elliott, Zeke Elliott has actually been scoring double digit points in the last three weeks for the, for the New England. Yeah, so New England Patriots. So, you know, the Ramondre Stevenson is definitely their, their one, but, you know, even with him, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is getting his carries and touches. So he's got to, to target, uh, for Raven Wire. Uh, Amari De Mercado. De Mercado. De Mercado. Latino. De Mercado yeah. from the market. He's from the Arizona. I was about to say, from the market. From the from market. market. From the market, right? Uh, so he's, uh, somebody that you wish you, you could target on the Cardinals. He's somebody we talked about in the last podcast. So definitely, uh, he's probably already been taken since if you listen to this podcast already, he's already probably on somebody's team. But, you know, it's, it's going to be a running back kind of by committee with the, the Arizona Cardinals because they also have Keontae uh, Ingram and Damian Williams in there as well. So, uh, we already talked about Devin Singletary. Uh, he left, you know, the, the, the Buffalo Bills to go to the Houston Texans. And he's a, a guy that, you know, is definitely, uh, somebody that is helping Damian Pierce kind of find his ground because Damian Pierce has been horrible. I mean, he's averaging like 2.9 uh, yards per carry, and, and that guy was a really good running back last year. So Devin Singletary, I think, you know, has definitely emerged on that team as somebody who's, you know, helping out Damian Pierce's workload, and I think that's going to maybe keep Damian Pierce a little bit more fresh. So he's somebody you want to target. And then, of course, uh, we mentioned Bijan Robinson. Uh, he's definitely been a disappoint- disappointment on the – on the Atlanta Falcons, uh, you definitely want to uh, target Tyler Algier. Al- Algier. So he's, he's somebody to take. Um, for the quarterbacks, Derek Carr. I mean, we haven't talked about him yet, but Derek Carr, he's probably been rostered by somebody, but, you know, he's probably going to be a late pick, you know, in somebody's draft, but somebody may have dropped him because he really hasn't been doing that great. But right, if you're right. in desperate need for a quarterback, Derek Carr is not a bad guy. I mean, we've talked about some of his weapons already. Chris Olave, uh, Alvin Kamara, and, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham and, and Michael Thomas. I mean, he's got playmakers there. They, they're going to figure it out eventually, hopefully, right? Uh, but, you know, Derek Carr is definitely someone to, to plug in. Uh, Kenny Pickett for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's actually been doing decently in the last couple of weeks as well. I mean, his first few weeks have been kind of not, not initially something to write home mom about, but, you know, uh, his mom will listen, but not everybody else. And, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's, he's emerging for the, uh, for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Get you maybe 10 to 12 to 13 points a week. It's not going to just blow you out of the water, but it's not going to get you zero points. So, uh, we talked, we, we talked about Bryce Young in the past and Gardner Minshew in the past. Those are guys for the quarterbacks that you want to, want to target. For the wide receivers, Rasheed Rice for the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about if Travis Kelsey's getting shut down, who's going to emerge? Rasheed Rice has emerged for the Kansas City Chiefs, and now they brought Miko Hardman. So we'll see how that balances things out uh, moving forward for Rasheed Rice. But he, as a rookie, he's actually done pretty well. And the one r- rookie who's really killing it is Josh Downs. Josh Downs for the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, my God. I mean, he I got killed last week on my fantasy league, and I, I was going up against Josh Downs. I mean, like... These are not like wholesale names, right? We're talking about Josh Downs, you know, the, the Kendrick Bourne. You know, I got the killed. The brutal loss. The brutal yeah. loss. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I lost these no names, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And, and Kendrick Bourne is one that, that that we're targeting for, you know, that's next on the list after Josh Downs. But both those guys had great, you know, great weeks. And, and, and Kendrick Bourne is the wide receiver one now in New England. Now, New England's offense is pretty anemic. So this is only if you're desperate. Go ahead and target Kendrick Bourne, but more than likely, he's actually probably on somebody's roster. And then Jaden Reed for the Green Bay Packers is somebody that we have talked about probably in our first podcast when we first started this, before the season started, that Jaden Reed uh, in the preseason looked pretty good. He's probably roster, but if you're desperate, go ahead and go out and get him if he's still available or trade for him. Uh, look, uh, from the tight end, there's only maybe a couple that I'll, I'll point out. Dalton Kincaid. We know that Dawson Knox for the Bills got hurt. Dalton Kincaid is the rookie. And, you know, they, they do look for the, 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 the tight ends in the red zone. So that's definitely somebody you want to target. And then the last one that I will say is Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill for the, the New Orleans Saints. He's, he's, 
he's a he's a he's a triple threat guy. He can receive, he can he can pass, he can you know he 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 can catch, you know, run. <laughs> I mean, he does it all. So you know, and, and the thing is, it, you know, he, he he's involved in that offense. So definitely keep a keep an eye on Taysom Hill. And that wraps up my uh my waiver wires waiver wires for the week. And people, look, when Eddie gives you this, he's not giving you superstars that are going to put you over the edge. He's giving you bodies you need because you're missing players because of the bye weeks, because of injuries. He's making sure you stay competitive. So don't come back next week and say, Eddie, that guy only scored 12 points. When you're looking at that player before, he's only scoring six. Eddie did his job. You just got to draft better, people. And there you have it. That's our podcast for the evening. Thank you so much for showing up. And finally, before we let you go, do not forget, you can check out this podcast and other podcasts at sportsgrumblings.com. That will soon be grumblingsmedia.com. You can find points on the board, fired up, free for all, and big questions with Big John. You can also find us on your favorite platforms do you want to watch us youtube and rumble look up grumblings media as a profile name and the traditional routes as well apple google spotify and pandora and as always please do not forget to share as that is how we will grow so to everybody thank you for watching eddie thank you for joining us as you do every week and until next time people y'all have a wonderful evening good night